Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, church family. It's good to be together and fix our eyes on Christ, isn't it? As we were worshiping, I was thinking, you know, one goal, all eyes on Him. He is the one we worship, and He's given us His Word that nourishes us, sustains us, and so we're going to dig into His Word today, but just to recap where we were last week, we began our new ministry year with our eyes fixed on our vision for this coming year, which is that one thing idea, and if you did not pick up a card, we've got the little uh, cards that can be reminders that uh, one thing would be our priority this year, and that would be that each of us would be seeking His presence, to dwell in His presence. It comes out of Psalm 27, verse 4, which is uh, the the prayer that uh, Wes just mentioned, but one thing I ask of you, Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, or the presence of the Lord, all the days of my life, to gaze on your beauty and to seek you in your temple. And the vision is that as we dwell, as we gaze on His beauty, that we will respond in worship, and really this coming year will be a a revolution of praise and worship that's pleasing to God. And then second, as we seek Him in His temple, it's that idea of seeking His will, that He will inform, transform, and energize us to go do what what He's called each one of us to do individually, but also corporately as a a church family. So last week was the, the get started, and it began with our prayer to God, Psalm 27, 4. Today, we take our first step into this journey, and it's actually a, a response from God to us, a call to worship that we'll be, we'll be looking at this morning. What we're going to do this morning is to uh, begin to download a playlist of songs from heaven. Throughout this year, we're going to download a number of these songs that God has given us. Today, we're going to start with one, and the idea is by the end of this day that we will have downloaded this song, and then we will put it into our playlist and begin to soundtrack it as we do life. And so, the, uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it, how there are those moments in life that just kind of stick in our mind, random moments throughout the day, and I had one, uh, I'll go ahead and draw this just to give us a visual, this is, it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was, we'll go, this is the lake over here, and uh, this was 76th Street, this was Capitol Drive, and I was meeting one of our youth staff at a Taco Bell right here, our church was out here, and having lunch with, with uh, this guy, and it was after lunch, and right here, there was a bus stop. And in Milwaukee, 76th Street kind of divides, it's where the inner city starts. And, and you could almost say the clouds of despair began to gather right there on that corner of 76th Street. Capitol Drive, busy intersection, and I was parked right here, headed back out to church. But I was waiting for the light to change when I saw something unusual happening at the bus stop. Normally people are just sitting around, whatever. There was a young lady who was dancing on that section of the sidewalk, celebrating life in a way that it was just jubilant. And I think everything, you know, at first you think, is she okay? And I I think she was okay, but she had her earphones in, and she was 
obviously hearing something that the rest of us weren't. And it's one of those moments when you, you watch, you're like, whoa, and then you just stop, smile, and like, you go. Celebrate life. Everybody else is uh, just sitting around, but she is just like uh, back in the day, those iPod commercials with a silhouette dancer. It was kind of that, just going. And as I drove away, I was, the thought in my mind was this. One, obviously, she's hearing something the rest of us aren't. Two, the power of a soundtrack or the power of a song to transform perspective and, and life. In this world where the clouds of despair hover, In this life, where we live our lives on a cracked sidewalk, surrounded by cracked humanity, cracked ourselves. On this battlefield where the forces of darkness often shadow what is good. And with these hearts that are so easily distractible, prone to wonder from the presence of God, how do we live with one thing as our focus to dwell in the presence of, of our Lord? And one answer is it's the soundtrack. God has given us songs, the song of heaven in essence, and many of them. And the challenge today is going to be to, to download the song, put it in a soundtrack, play it in our minds as we do life and if we do, that, that God will give us the grace to turn this cracked sidewalk upon which we live into a dance floor to praise Him. A revolution of praise, even when life circumstances are, are hard. All right, so, so that's where we're headed. Our uh, song today that we're going to get into is Psalm 100. So if you would join me there. As I mentioned, it's a call to praise. It's a... Uh, it's a song that, that will help us pursue one thing this coming week, to dwell in the presence of the Lord. As we dig into it, it's helpful to know that it's a, this is really when you sum it up, it's God's gracious invitation to us to come into his presence and to worship him. And to help us walk through this psalm and understand it and then live it out, we're going to look at, you can think about it as four imperatives and one why. Four imperatives around one why. And so the first imperative we see in verse, verse 1, it's shout for joy. Verse 1 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Now this is a, a pretty abrupt way to, to start the psalm, isn't it? it it's just, um, there's no warm-up to this psalm. It's just shout, like make a joyful noise. What, what God has given you to make noise, make a, a joyful noise to the Lord. And notice he says, who is to be doing this? It's all the earth. And isn't this a neat picture of, of uh, can you imagine a moment when everything in creation that God has given voice to erupts with joy to him and just shouts for joy to their creator, to our creator. And together we do that. And I, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but that day is coming when all of creation will erupt with a shout of joy, with, with joyful praise to God. But we get to be a part of that now as followers of Christ, those of us who know, know Him through faith. I was uh, stepped out onto the back porch one night this week, and the crickets were just 
chirping to beat the band, you know, and just erupting. And I was thinking, you know, these are crickets using their voice, and, and they don't know what they're doing, but God created them to reflect his glory, you know. And in the spring, you get those tree frogs that just start erupting. And, and uh, I was thinking, as humans, we have the opportunity to turn whatever section of sidewalk God has put us on into a place to, to just shout for joy to him. And as we enter September here, we're entering a, a season, it's, um, our world's about to turn beautiful here, and what an opportunity just to, as we see the beauty around us, to shout for joy. There's a bit of an eschatological view and, and faith that we have as we do this, though, isn't there? Um, it's hard now, and there's darkness now, and, but there's a day coming, and even as we do that, I... I'll go ahead and just, um, yesterday morning, this truth was alive in my soul, and I pulled up here to the parking lot, beautiful day, and I, so I'm like, here we go, and I jumped up on the back of the Focus, and I took this video. Here's an illustration. All right, here we are, Hoosier Beauty. On this awesome? side of the sky, you have a sunrise that is declaring the glory of God, setting the sky on fire. The Herald's chicken coops, man, they are about to sing. Over here, you have a harvest moon. Isn't that awesome? One that side is that. Gorgeous. One side that. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Crickets are shouting. Birds are shouting. Chickens are shouting. Humans are shouting. Glory! <laughs> Coffee was high at that moment. <laughs> Dad gave us that, what, what do you shout? You know, and so I think it's Psalm 29, it says, all in the temple of God shout glory. You know, and that's, as humans, when you get out and you're just like, Lord, my soul is erupting with joy, glory is a great shout for joy, isn't it? Just, Lord, you are glorious. But you know, as we read this, there's a question that emerges, why? And it's interesting, the psalmist doesn't answer it. It just leaves that question hanging in there. Why shout for joy? There must be a reason, but, but it's not here, and we're left asking that as humans. Why shout for, for joy, especially as we live our lives on this cracked sidewalk? On to the next imperative, though. He, he leaves that question hanging and says this, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. The imperative here is worship, and to worship with gladness. This imperative is, is calling us into our primary vocation. We know as humans, God created us to, to worship. He say, well, what is that? The word wor worship, our English word, its root helps us with this. To, to worship something is to express the worth of that thing that we worship, its value. So it, it's the idea of just expressing to God, when we worship Him, we're saying, you are more valuable than anything else. This is why you matter most, and um, we worship him. We, we uh, express, it's interesting as humans, we have the capacity to know him in a way that no other creature does so that we can understand his value and then express that back to him. So we define worship like this, and this is a great definition. Um, this isn't original to, to our worship team, but it's one we've kind of put together, but to Worship is gladly reflecting back to God the radiance of his worth with our entire being. So isn't that good? Worship is gladly. It's like, this is our joy. Reflecting back to God 
the radiance of his worth. How valuable is God? How worthy is he? And how we reflect that back to him and we do it with our entire being. So our voices, but also our lives. And this is our life vocation. And he says, and God welcomes us and calls us into this. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. God's given us the gift of music to, to do this. This is why we sing. We're called to this many times in Scripture. But I love how right here God says, come, come into my presence with a joyful song. Even the laments. And, and thankfully God gives us songs that we can express our emotion and our, our pain and our grief when we're going through hard times. But even as you read the laments, there's a note of joy in, in them that's anchored in their trust and faith that God's going to see this hard time wiped away one day. And so appreciate our worship team, Wes, and the whole team that God's gifted to, to help us um, live this out. But, but notice once again, the question is raised, okay, if we're to worship with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, why? Again, he, he doesn't give us the reason. There's like He's just calling us into this, but we would ask, why is this? And that question continues to hang in the air. But he quickly goes on to the next imperative in verse 3. So we're to shout, we're to worship. Third imperative is, know that the Lord is God. Verse 3, he says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The imperative is know that the Lord is God. Here God's calling us to know something, to, to just quiet our minds and our hearts in a truth and allow that truth just to absorb into our thinking and in our hearts. And what is it that we're supposed to know? It's like, okay, back to the fundamentals, back to the just core. Know that the Lord is God. Like he is sovereign. He is in control. He is supreme over all. And know this. He made us. <laughs> How do we get here? How do we get this life? It's Him. And how are we here today? How are we still breathing? And going? It's Him. Here God is saying, okay, remember this. This is important. And then know what follows, because if, if he made us, if he is God, he made us, what's that mean? It means we're his. It, it, it's, this is not my life. And that there's something in us that resists, resists that. No, this is my life. Actually, if he made us and he sustains us, we belong to him. He, he owns us. And then this is the sweet part. He says, we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And here the psalmist is speaking for Israel, God's chosen people. But those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ know we've been grafted into that family, covenant community. And as followers of Christ, we are, under, we are sheep in his care. He says, know this. This is a reminder as we come to worship. And this year, as we make this a year of worship, that Jesus taught us, the kind of worship the Father desires is both spirit and truth. John 4, he fleshes this out, and by spirit he means that as we come to worship the Lord, he desires our, our heart's affection and our hearts and minds to be engaged in love. 
for him. So it's not uh, mere ritualism or tradition or, or just checking a box or somehow just pleasing a distant deity. This is coming into his presence with hearts that are full of love and devotion to our God. But we must also come with truth, meaning truth is, is how we define reality, and it's meaning that he is the one who defines reality, not us. It's remembering that he is God, infinitely above us, holy, which means he is not one of us. We are creatures that, that infinitely below who he is, and yet he has made himself known to us. He's called us to be his own. He's poured out his grace on us, but we allow him to define reality, and we come to him not on our terms, creating a God in our image, but we come to him on his terms, seeking who he is and, and responding to who he is and how he's revealed himself through his word. But you know, as I read this third imperative, again, that question comes to mind, okay? I, and, and as I re- read it, this doesn't necessarily make me want to run into the presence of God, but I, it actually makes me want to kind of hide, as I understand the otherness of God and that He's infinitely above me and the fact of my unworthiness and my sinfulness, it, it makes me want to cower in fear. And, and there's an element of holy reverence that, that's, always, that's always appropriate in worship, but I, I want to move from Him instead of toward Him. And so we ask, why does he call us to know this? And he leaves that question hanging, hanging in the air again. And right on to that next imperative in verse 4, he says, okay, so shout, worship, know, verse 4, enter his gate. So he, he calls us to come into his presence, enter his presence with thanksgiving and praise is the imperative, but the verse goes, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And here it's interesting, this scene shifts from from sheep on a hillside in a a pastoral setting to the opulence of a royal palace. And we are standing there looking at these gates, and these aren't just any gates. These are gates into the royal presence of the King of Kings, the majesty of heaven. And the question in our mind is, can we go in there? Can we enter those gates and, and step onto the courts of, of the royal palace? And, and here the Lord is, is welcoming us into his presence. But we're, we're, as we go into his presence, we're to be carrying two things as we come to worship. These are the two crown jewels of, of really worship. It's thanksgiving and it's praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Today as we enter his presence, anytime we come together, daily chair time, we come with thanksgiving and with praise. But again, he doesn't answer the question, why? What are we giving thanks for? Why are we praising? And it's as if, and I have a picture up here that really as we study this psalm, these four imperatives create a tension that's like a growing crescendo, which just makes you want to say, it's why? Shout for joy to the Lord. And I say, okay, I'll, why? Worship Him with gladness and come before Him with these joyful songs, but why? Know that the Lord is God. Why is it so important to know this? What difference does this make? What would it cause me if I know this to shout for joy and 
offer these songs of joy, and then enter his courts with thanksgiving. Why? What am I giving thanks for? What am I praising him for? And you're just, do you feel the tension in the song? It's like the song ends at a ding. I don't know what note that is, musicians. You can help me, but you're just like, hit the next note. And, and it's like, I got your note. Here it is. Mm, Psalm 100, verse 5. Why? For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all the generations your parents your great-grandparents your kids your grandkids your great-grandkids if they will trust the promise of God his faithfulness why shout why worship why know this, that he is God, he's in control? Why enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise? This is it. How good is our God? Man, it's hard living on this cracked sidewalk. Clouds of despair, it can be shielded. But Jesus said, guys, I've given you a promise. This bread represents my body that was broken for you. This cup represents my blood that was poured out for you. Do this. When you do this, remember me. Remember me. The cross of Jesus Christ. That God would, be, would become man. Wrap himself in our humanity while we were still sinners. Running from him. Enemies of him. And Jesus came. The Father gave his Son to take our sin to the cross. How good is our God? The cross forever shouts, he's this good. And Jesus said, come back to the cross, kneel at the cross. Whenever you take this bread and this cup, remember me. Before that, the Jewish community, what did they remember? They remembered the exodus. They remembered that dark night that the angel of death came through Egypt and took the firstborn son of every home that didn't have the blood of the sacrificial lamb put up over the, the doorframe. They remembered that horrible night, the screams in the night. Jesus is saying, I am that lamb. The lamb of God slain before the foundation of creation. We don't get that but here's the thing, God's redemptive plan, it's playing out, it has played out, and it will play, it, play out, and his, he made a promise to you, my brother and sister, and it's this, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in his sacrifice, his blood poured out for you on the cross, then your salvation is secure. You have been justified before God, declared righteous. You are being sanctified, purified to have the heart of Christ, and you will be glorified, meaning one day you will be like Christ and you will join all of creation in the new heaven and new earth and you will give a shout to the king of kings. Can you imagine that glory? Crickets and frogs and even little Riley, my dog, and the rest of us with our Zumbas and Zimbas and pianos and horns and everything else Dr. Zeus could think of. <laughs> Shouting to our Lord, how good is our God? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Jesus said, do this. Do this. And remember me. 
His love endures forever. The word there is hesed love. It's that loyal love of God that is relentless in pursuing us. And I love the way J.I. Packer puts it here in this quote. It says, what matters supremely, therefore, is not in the last analysis the fact that I know God, but the larger fact that underlies it, the fact that He knows me, that I am never out of His mind. All my knowledge of Him depends on His sustained initiative in knowing me. And I know Him because He knew me and continues to know me. And there is tremendous relief in knowing that His love to me is utterly realistic. Based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me, so that no discovery can now disillusion Him about me. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are forever loved. And His faithfulness continues through all generations. He will keep His promise to you. He will keep His promise to your kids. He will keep His promise to your grandkids. And right on through the generations. Why shout for joy? Why come before Him and enter His presence with with joyful songs, with gladness? Why is it so important to know that He is God? Why enter his presence with praise and thanksgiving? It's because he is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So in this world where the clouds of despair hover, where we find ourselves here on this cracked bit of sidewalk, surrounded by cracked humanity, here where the battlefield Exist where the forces of darkness will take their hit at us. And here with these wandering hearts that are prone to, to drift from his presence, how do we pursue him as our one thing, to dwell in his presence? And one of the gifts God has given us are these songs of another kingdom. I like to think of them as revolutionary songs because down here it feels like the enemy's winning. But we are a covenant people who declare with our praises, uh-uh, 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 our God has already won this. And we live for his glory, and we're going to fill this dark place up with songs of praise. We're going to sing his praise. Today, whatever your circumstance, you have reason to shout for joy. I know some of us may be Life circumstance, it's a marble slab. It's a good day. But for many of us, it's a, it's a hard day. But may these, this song and may this, the songs of heaven this year continue to enforce this reality that we have reason to hope, we have reason to rejoice, for he is good and his love endures forever. I was, uh, so where do we go from here? We've just downloaded this song and I encourage you on your own this week during your chair time to go ahead and write this out there's something about writing out a song and then saying it out loud putting your own mechanical structure to it so it kind of you, you can see it how, how it builds and then you can get it in your mind but we've just downloaded this now we want to soundtrack it okay so so this is a, a bit of a different move and here's the what really um, and this summer, through the sabbatical, the Lord just started to impress this as I was thinking about our One Thing initiative. Once, we, or in one way, was through a story that I heard my dad tell. 
And it was about a, air, a, uh, a pilot who was shot down in the Vietnam War, and he was put in a prisoner of war prison, prison camp. And he, he tells about how he was battling for his sanity, and one of the ways that he fought for his sanity was every day he played 36 holes of golf in his mind at his home course. So, you know, here he's stuck in this horrible surrounding, cracked sidewalk of moment of life, POW camp, but he would shut his eyes and he'd go back to his hometown, and he knew that course well. He knew if you play golf, you know, you have your home course, and you know, and he would play each hole, pull out the club, I'm guessing... When you play golf in your mind, your shots are much better, what have you. But he would play different shots and, and just mix it up in his head to, to groove his mental muscles. And, and uh, well, thankfully, he, he made it through. And can you imagine the joy of the moment of coming home, seeing his family, but then going out with, you know, maybe a son or loved one and going out to his home course and stepping up on that tee box that he had played in his mind those days, but had not actually taken a club and played for while he was in war, years. Well, we all know the joy of that moment was quick to end, right? Those of you who golf, the joy, joy of that moment usually ends with the first shot where the ball goes here, there, everywhere. Someone, uh, Kevin knows, said it's called military golf. Right, left, right, left, right, left. We hit it here, there, and everywhere, and surely he'd hit it there, here, there, and everywhere. Guess what? He didn't. He shot par. Better than he had played before. Paul Harvey tells this story. As I heard that, though, what hit me was, oh, my, the power of the mind. And then I remembered the words of Jesus, be transformed, or the words of our Lord in Romans 12, 1, be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. God inspired 150 songs of another kingdom, songs of heaven. What if we took these songs and we let them be the playlist? And I thought of this girl on 76th Street. What if this is what's going through our mind? Come back to August 27th. Come back, join the team again. Find out Bev Eubank. Or she sits right here. She's Bev, um, over 80 years old, but still full of life, full of love, hugs everybody. We're missing her. She was in a wreck, broke her leg. Tough season of life. She's been at the uh, rehab for a number of weeks. So I go out to see her. And like, Bev, how are you doing? We're talking. We're, we have a visit. At the end of the visit, this, I had been, we had been, as a family, we soundtracked this psalm on when we went out west. So Psalm 100 was in my mind. So I'm like, Bev, pray with you in a minute. But I want to share a, a, some truth, a, some hope with you. And I started quoting Psalm 105. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. And then... Before I could get done with this psalm, she's quoting with me. And I'm like, no way. You know this? She goes, oh, yeah. Back in third grade, my teacher would assign one psalm per day. So there were five psalms that we would, like Psalm 100, I think, was day three. So every Wednesday, the whole class for our reading assignment, we would recite Psalm 100 out loud. And she said, ever since then, so she has, she soundtracked five of these psalms. She said, I love Psalm 100. And it keeps me going. Now, how has Bev turned out to be a wonderful, loving, full of zest lady? Well, lots of things. And there's no guarantee that if we soundtrack Psalm 100, we're going to turn out like Bev Eubank. <laughs> but 
God said, I've given you this. It's powerful to transform our minds, our lives. And then I'm reading Henry Nouwen who said, the Psalms give us wings. In his own life, he was soundtracking a psalm and he said, the psalm is what enables us to lift up out of out of the clouds of despair, off this cracked sidewalk, into the presence of God and breathe the air of eternity. So I'm like, hey, what if we do that this year as a team? So that's the game plan. What if we soundtrack nine psalms representing nine holes of golf plus one? In case we just don't like one of those holes, we can sub it in. And the way it goes is like this. Nine holes goes the nine months of the school year. So we go after one per month, September through May. And then summer, when we all kind of let down and need a break, we have one psalm that we go after. Sound good? Nine plus one. And here's the vision. These songs will be something that will change our mindset and allow us to dwell and seek the presence of God for the rest of our lives until faith becomes sight and we're with the Lord. Wouldn't that be cool that this year changes that? So September, the psalm is, psalm. It's, we'll start with a verse, Psalm 27.4. So we all just soundtrack that. And if you want to push yourself and do the rest of the Psalm 27, that's great. But we'll have one psalm per month that we'll soundtrack. But for today, I, may I encourage us to take this Psalm 100 and this week, write it down. Pray it, let it be your soundtrack as you go throughout this week, and just to, to um, bring us in to this next step as we, as we seek to dwell in the presence of the Lord. Go ahead and uh, have our worship team come on up. I felt kind of, I've always thought, wouldn't it be neat to preach to a soundtrack? And um, I know some... Churches actually do that. You got the guy on the organ or whatever just preaching along with whatever. So, Helen, were you getting a soundtrack for this? All right. <laughs> Feel free to start playing at any time. <laughs> but the question for you today is, what's the soundtrack of your life? That's where the, the enemies, the battles fought, isn't it? As you think about that soundtrack for your life, what's, what's the normal soundtrack. So I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm thinking it's negativity, usually. It's the problem. It's that person that's causing the problem. It's the scary future. It's the issue. It's the thing in society I'm frustrated with right now. Politics. Crazy country. (laughs) Soundtrack. We sit at the bus stop Clouds of despair, corner of 76th Street and Capitol Drive. Life stinks, doesn't it? Then we put in these earbuds and we hear the songs of heaven. And we hear our Creator saying, Hey, my people, shout for joy. We say, Why? Breathing this air, exhaust fumes, cracked sidewalk, messed up people. Worship me with gladness. No, I'm God. I still reign. I made you. I gave you this breath, this day, this life. Enter my presence with thanksgiving, my courts with praise. Say, why? 
I am good beyond measure. And I love you in a way that will never end. And my faithfulness to you, it's not going to end. I'm going to love you for eternity. We say glory. Worship Him. Amen. What's your soundtrack? And the end is not that we would go do great things for God, right? The end is that we would enter the presence of a great God and be transformed. And then we walk out of His presence and we're just like, God, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) I'm just glad I get to witness it for a couple years down here until I get to be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's join join in prayer. Father, we thank you for these songs from heaven. Songs that lift our eyes up out of this messed up world into your, the beauty of your presence. Songs that are just oxygen for our soul. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you and just say there is nothing more beautiful than you. That you would humble yourself to become one of us. And when you came, you didn't come as some great human that could jump like LeBron or was handsome like George Clooney. But you just took on a humble servant and were a carpenter. Nothing in your appearance made anybody say, wow. And then you served us. You washed feet and you bled for us to give us life. We just fix our eyes on you, Jesus, right now, and we remember you. We remember your love, your goodness, and your faithfulness. Lord, as we go out of this place, I pray as your covenant people, you would tune our hearts to sing your praise, that we would be part of a revolution of praise right here in Hendricks County where we turn this cracked sidewalk into a dance floor for your glory. Father, I pray that each Sunday we gather back here as your people that you would just help us to see you again and walk out of this place ready to praise you. Lord, thank you for Wes and the team that lead us in this each week. Protect their hearts and minds and give them songs and and, uh, just empower them for what lies ahead. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.